Hi, welcome to Indie Wine Podcast, episode 13. My name is Matt Wood, and I recently sat down amongst the vines of McCulmney Glen Vineyard with sister and brother team Anne-Marie and Brett Koth, as well as Anne-Marie's husband, Phil Silver, to discuss this amazing vineyard. In the 1990s, their parents, Bob and Mary Lou Koth, started to transition the vineyard from the more traditional Lodi Zinn and Tokay to some more Germanic grapes, Dornfelder, Zweigalt, Kerner, Bacchus, Riesling, and another 48 or so. For a while, the family had its own label under the McCulmney Glen name, but currently the grapes are going to great winemakers like Marcus Nigley of Marcus Wine Co., Craig Harmeyer of Harmeyer Cellars in West Sacramento, and our Episode 5 guest, Adam Sabelli Frisch, our Episode 7 guest, Trailmarker Wine, and Sunse Winery in Sonoma. Before we sit down for the interview, you'll get a short little tour of the German collection block. You'll hear a little bit more of this at the very end of the episode, so stay around for that. Here we go. I can understand the pressure. So, Brett, where are we starting here? Are we just going to start in the south end then and head north, or? I guess we will. So, yeah, here's the German collection on the to our right. Uh, it's kind of a nice time in the vineyard where the, the greenery is out, but it's not really super leafy and... Um, overwhelming yet. <laughs> it's not to a point where we have to trim it because usually we have to trim it a little bit later on. Um, we need still need the air to get into the the grapevine. So, and some of them can have pretty prolific growth, and and you can't get the, the air won't go in there. And you know we, we want to avoid you mildew. See the, like this type of leaf, and then like the, the next one, that one over there is you know how you can see the differences. Mm-hmm. especially on the on the foliage so this is uh yeah so you see row five right there and um we have to redo these um they're a little old but you'll notice that we actually have the um the label here so this is Gewürztraminer, and um yeah we're going to redo these there's a little bit old but then if you walk what seven eight vines brett about to, yeah and well there's a there should still be the hopefully the there's a little marker here. Yeah. Too. Oh, okay. Yeah, right up Yeah, there. the marker's here. And then it'll so, change to the next one. Of course, can't. Uh, it's Gruner felt leaner because luckily I have next a map. One. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have the, yeah. Luckily, we we'll made need this that map. to. <laughs> yeah. Um, eventually, again, that'll be easier to read, but at least for now, we have this. And right now, I think they all look pretty similar, maybe. Um. Although some have more growth than others. Okay, a long time ago, our parents, that's Brett and me, our parents, Bob and Mary Lou Coth, um, met in the College of Pacific, which is now UOP Mm -hmm. in in Stockton. My mom's from Minnesota. My dad came from Lodi. And uh, they met there, got married, lived in the Bay Area for a while in Castro Valley, decided the Bay Area wasn't um, their cup of tea, the city. They wanted to come back to the small town. My mom's from a small town too. And they were looking around for property in Lodi. My dad wanted to come back to Lodi. They, my dad especially, I think, wanted to live on a river. And I think at the time, about early 60s, um, they found this property and purchased it. Um, lived in an old house, a turn-of-the-century house on the corner. While I was born, then my dad started building this house here in McCallney Glen Vineyards, and we're sitting in the grove right now. Um, 
Then Brett came along. We basically grew up in this house. Um, there were already Tokay, Flame Tokay, Zinfandel. This lowland behind you here was originally pears. Yes, it was in pears, pears, barley pears. And uh, I remember that as a little kid. My parents were teachers. So my grandfather, Koth, was the one that was farming it mainly at the time. And. Well, our our grandfather on our dad's side um, worked for Ray Van Buskirk. It was a pretty big farming operation back kind of more in the 50s, 40s, stuff like that, okay. that, that era. Um, so we acquired a lot of uh, some of the equipment from them eventually. Grape farming or yeah. a, a well, little they, of everything? They, they had, well, like tokays, mm-hmm. but they did a lot of alfalfa. I think they actually grew, they did grow watermelons at the, in the past. Okay, at, at that was one kind point. of the big, yeah. big Lodi crop before yeah. grapes, right? Before grapes, yeah. <laughs> Well, so that was being farmed for a long time, but they were focused more on teaching. But then at some point in the 70s, our dad became more interested in wine grape growing himself. And Brett, you can probably remember some of the varieties we had. I remember Grenache, Grignolino, Viognier. My dad was... Usual, it was Cabernet. Cabernet. Um, We probably had about everything... Under the sun, besides German and Austrian varieties at that time, (laughs) we had a lot of, yeah, yeah, a lot of them. More experimental, making wines with a couple of friends. And then, but I think the a big turning point to get into the German and Austrian was in 1989-90 um, was the year I went to live in Germany for the first time. Uh, it was an um, exchange program between Sac State and Sacramento and the Johannes Gutenberg Universität in Mainz, Germany. So I went there and I immediately uh, noticed the wines were different. Really liked the Rieslings, a little different than as my dad called it, the California Kool-Aid Rieslings that we would get here sometimes. So when he came over the first time when I was there, the first year, he came over, just him. So he visited, and I think I took him out to lunch the very next day, lunch or dinner, and uh, in at the Machtplatz in Mainz, and we had a Riesling. And uh, I guess that changed everything. Um, I didn't realize that that one little glass was going to change our future because he became very interested in German wines, um, how they're just how they are in Germany, and um, so I took him around as many places as I could. Two years later, I went back to Germany again. This time it was a Fulbright scholarship. Same, I requested the same city because I knew people, and it was Rhineland area and lots of grape vineyards. So this time the whole family came. More tasting wine, <laughs> a lot of wine tasting, and then. Um, I guess he just started, Brett, you can probably speak to this better than I can, but I guess he just started doing a lot of research. Our dad would be the type that once he got into something, he'd do a lot of research and started sourcing the material. He Um, would, yeah, he would research this mainly by computer and internet and research. And most of them are, were sourced out of FPS, Foundation Plant Services out Mm -hmm. of UC Davis, but he got some from Geneva, uh, from Cornell University in Geneva, New York. Um, There's up in Canada, in Sanderson, British Columbia, there's a a grape institute or something that he would get some from there. And then he would sometimes get them from places like Southwest Tennessee State or something, (laughs) that type of thing. Um, 
Was he just gathering as many different varietals as he wanted, possible? Yeah, at, he at wanted that time? to. He wanted to get. He just was interested. So when he'd find something, he'd go, "Okay, how do I get this?" And so I can plant it, and then we would. They would get planted. Um, most of the time, they some of them would be made into wine to test out. And we came up with ones that, hey, this has more potential. And so then they were planted more widely out in the vineyard here. And some of them, well, we didn't, you know, well, it's, well I want to have, he wanted to have them, but eh, they'll probably just stay in the German collection. Okay. <laughs> so with 52 different ones now, it's, it's, it was hard to make, try to make wine from every single one. So you just come up with a few and try and like Dornfelder, Kirner, some of those have really turned out mm -hmm. and have become very popular. So at the so. beginning, he would just make little like, like little three gallon, one gallon yeah. batches yeah. of, of Five each gallon, grape. Something and, like that. And yeah, in, and, the, in that range. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. And just see what, see what turned out well and, see and, what, and go see from what there. It is and okay. Well, that, yeah, that could be planted. That should be planted. You know, get okay. more of that. I do remember a book that I had brought back from Germany that a friend had given, and it had all, it was a compendium type of book of all the German varieties, but it was in German. So there was... So you had to translate yeah, for Yeah, so several for, years he'd, he'd like... He'd come to you and, oh, what's this saying? Okay. What's this saying here in this period? <laughs> yeah, so there was a period of time where he would want to know about, okay, this grape looks interesting, so I'd translate. And I think by that time he was looking more for key words, you know, he wanted... Being warmer in California, he was looking for ones that would hold their acid because some we, we had no idea of the German varieties. I understand that Riesling was planted to an extent in California, but other than that, we didn't really know. So a lot of it was just experimentation at the beginning, right? Yeah, and he, he was told in the case of Dornfelder, oh, that's a it's a light-bodied, light-colored wine over in Germany, and you know, <laughs> it, you know I mean, why do you want to plant that? And so, well, you know. And, one of his mottos was, if you tell me I can't, it won't work, I'm going to try it. I'm going to do <laughs> yeah. it anyway. Yeah. So you and, end up with the darker than and Petit Syrah, so, Dornfelder, and Lodi. Yeah. 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 It stains like concrete, that. right? Stains oh, yeah. concrete. Stuff, stains stainless steel. <laughs> <laughs> Practically, yeah. yeah. So, yep. What year was that when he sort of solidified how the, the blocks were laid out with, with your larger plantings of kind of the individual blocks? Well, the, the German collection has actually has moved about three different times. The, this final spot now is where it's gonna stay. Um, he started in pretty small quantities at first, right? Yeah, what he, could, okay. what he could source. Yeah. Um, like yeah. a few rows. <clears throat> well, it was first up around my house. Yeah. And half of, actually half of it was Kirner. And then he planted, started planting some other mm -hmm. of the other varietals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just a few vines each type of thing. Mm -hmm. And then as he got more, it got moved over to where the Zweigelt is now. Yeah. And it, mm -hmm. it was there. And then last place over here has been moved here. Yeah. And so you get, now it's about, there's about seven vines, seven to eight vines each. There's three varietals per row, red and white in, intermixed. 52 different varietals total. I believe it's probably something like 36 white and 16 red as far as the mix. Okay. Yeah. And so that's the uh, that's the final final location for it, you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll keep doing it. But I'm 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 I've taken up the torch from him. I'm, I've been trying to source <laughs> things, but it's and 
it's getting hard and I, I keep coming up with more and more and like, oh, okay. But, oh, I wonder how am I going to find that one? Yeah. <laughs> how am I going to get that? So, Are there any in that German collection block that you see kind of planting in, in larger quantities? Any that I'm, like you've been kind of <clears throat> impressed by on their own that you think you might expand I would it? Be, our father was interested in one called Domina there um he was interested in that i was was interested in the in the dunkelfelder it's called um mm -hmm. and there's also like the one riesling 21b 21 Barencastle. Mm -hmm. um that clone was interesting i i haven't really done any well there there's only seven vines on them and like dunkelfelder is not really producing much yet so I haven't had the chance to do anything with it. And they're being sold as part of a German collection of red and white field blends. So mm -hmm. I don't want to take too much away from, yeah. from Craig Harmeyer. <laughs> yeah. But on the, yeah, Craig's that getting so. that for the first, yeah. first time yeah. this year, yeah, right? So. I think, he didn't he have a couple other combinations of grapes, Albalanga and some other ones that he was looking into that we thought if we had some time, we could look into the combination possibly, like the dry reba? Albalanga? Yeah, maybe um, Huxel reba. Well, yeah. Albalanga, when we walk Psalms or writer, any people walk through when, there's the, when the grapes are actually ready and ripe and everything, they'll... They'll look at that and try them, and oh, what's this one? Oh, this one. You know, everyone seems to be interested in it. It definitely has oh, this okay. unique, yeah, sort of a, a flavor to it. Yeah, on the in the grapes, the berries. Uh, that's that was one. Uh, Is that a red or a white? It's a white. White. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a white. <laughs> <laughs> we have to ask you. Yeah. <laughs> was there anything that drew your father to the property, especially? I mean, you're in this what, about a third of the acreage is kind of surrounded by the McCallany Yeah, by river. the woodland, yeah. I think he, didn't he say that he was always wanted to live on a river? And uh, this was a nice property. You had the lowlands, you have the woodland here, the river's right over there. Sometimes it's even closer. Sometimes the river's right here where we are. And then uh, they built the house on the upland. I think it was, wouldn't you say, Brett? I Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I hadn't really heard much about the, background of of how they came to yeah buying this my actually but uh, i could see that yeah yeah wasn't it uh, also because of the shape of the property and the fact that we're at two elevations with a slope in between it that because back when they bought this that was flood irrigation so flood you couldn't flood irrigate a hillside oh that's right so it made the attractive financially yeah. um so people didn't want the land to farm because of the yeah. You couldn't do the furrow, like yeah, furrow couldn't irrigation. Do it. But our grandpa, working for Ray Van Buskirk, was one of the fir original first people that did the aluminum pipe irrigation in the area, right? The above ground yes. aluminum above pipe. Above ground yeah. aluminum yes. pipe. So okay. he said, oh, we can we can do that. We can we'll make it work. We'll make it work, <laughs> right? So. Yeah, hindsight, now this sloped piece of property, sloped property now in Lodi is so desirable because <laughs> mm -hmm. there's now two microclimates. Yeah. And uh, different grapes can be grown at different temperatures. Yes. Do you notice a, a large difference from the top of the knoll here to down by the river? You you mean in temperature? You can. Temperature and in uh is there any difference in the in the soils as far as 
you know? Is That's this... more loamy sand and sandy loam up on top, so. Okay. And also, the Thule fog will definitely gather down here. It'll be clear up there. Mm, so. It sits, sits here yeah. in the lower section. Yeah, of the it's pretty cool. Yeah, you... <laughs> I remember, Anne-Marie, you've mentioned there's been times there could be a 7 to 10 degree difference. Yes. You can feel it sometimes. Yes, that's considerable. When we had, when there was Chardonnay up top and down below, they would be tested separately. And there was always about a 2 to 4 degree difference between them. And in this case, it's the same varietal and everything. So there's, you can make the comparison. Up top would be, would be the one, be 2 or 4 degrees bricks higher. Okay. Consistently, oh, okay. so. So the lower yeah. one was slower ripening, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Lower like lower field like that, yeah. it's a cold air basin, so it, yeah. it keeps cooler. And you, yeah, and you see the fog set in, in in the winters. Even harvest time, August, September, I'm out 5.30, 6 a.m. You can see a little bit of it forming even then. Yeah. Even then, so. Yeah. The lower area of the vineyard floods every... About every five, six years okay. now. Okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it last did in 2017. Yeah. Okay. And that was it, yeah. When the Sierra snowpack gets too high <laughs> and then the releases from Comanche can be pretty crazy. So, yeah. We've had some higher water even this year. It's down a little bit right now, but we fear what's coming with the snowpack melting. So, <laughs> yeah. yep. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> The property's located in the what they call the Victor Triangle, right? Yes. You're in that mm-hmm. that area. It's kind of known as one of the better growing regions in in Lodi. I feel like it's so, a yeah. little name for itself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the term has been coined, and so yeah, we're part of the Victor Triangle. So yeah, and I know there's a people in the area that would probably be able to state more clearly the differences because there I know there are differences West Lodi, East Lodi, um, soil, a little bit different. Um, but I'm not the one they can talk to that too well. Oh, yeah. There's kayaks in the... <laughs> Phil's just showing a picture of the kayaks in the vineyard, so... From 2017. <laughs> yeah. Pruning pruning vines in 2017 from a kayak. So. Yes. <laughs> that was quite a day when 2017 was that crazy winter, another crazy winter, and we were out here looking at the water and the trees and the vineyard and our neighbor came by and said I just kayaked my vineyard and Phil got the idea let's take let's go kayaking so we went out kayaking and Brett took a picture that sort of went viral at one point and um, I remember meeting a psalm from Chicago I think Brazilian uh, sommelier or and he even had the picture on his phone when I told him walking around did you ever see that picture of the Two people kayaking the vineyard, and he said, yes. He pulls out his phone, shows me the picture. He goes, that's you? That's your vineyard? Yep. Well, I so. later pruned about half of it in hip waders. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And Not that's my the, idea of fun, but uh, had to be done. <laughs> yeah. And that's the Kerner, the Kerner block? Kerner, yeah. The, and the, the, there's the, some Bakus about the, the east half of it from okay. row 28 on. I, about, I had to do, yeah. How many growers do you work with? Every year, on average, buyers or buyers. How many buyers? Buyer, yeah, buyers. how many buyer, How many uh, buyers do you, do you work with every year? Eight to ten. Okay. I'm gonna figure somewhere around there. There's been some variations, you know, law 
lose something, gain one or something, but around eight to 10. Okay. About that. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about the McCallany Glen label, wine label you had? Sure. I don't, I found this out recently. I didn't even know. I know our dad came up with the term McCallany Glen, you know, the Scottish term Glen and it looks like a Glen here. Um, I found out looking through some of their stuff after they passed away that years ago, in the early sixties, they had I think registered a dog, a poodle, and her name was Antoinette of McCallamy Glen. So apparently he had actually turned, turned the, coined the term back in the early 60s, and I didn't know he kept it around. And when we started this, he wanted to call him, they wanted to call him McCallamy Glen. And uh, I do remember that we had some photos taken up there looking down, and then they also found an artist in Stockton who painted the scene, and that became the label. And Brett? It's based on a view looking down from their house mm -hmm. of this intersection. We call it the intersection oak. Got just the label, mm -hmm. it overlooks the vineyard. You see the lower field here, the, the upper kind of bluff land. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's based on, uh, based on that, so yeah. on the landscape. Yeah, Macaulay, obviously, the river right over there. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Hear the rapids flowing. Yeah, you can hear them a little bit right now. Uh, <laughs> and you made uh, late harvest wine from some of those grapes, right? Yes, we made. My our dad came up with the idea of doing a, a blend, and we ended up being called Dry Reba, which means three grapes, three vines in German, and it's a blend of. Well, I don't know. Do I want to? It's Get already it out. It's out. No, I'm sure. <laughs> no, it's Gewürztraminer, another varietal called Rieslaner, and then Weißburgunder, which is yeah, Pinot Blanc to mm. anyone else. Okay. Yep. Non-Germans, I guess. I know it is Pinot Blanc. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Who, we just he came up with that, and that became when we had a label that became our the bestseller, the most popular popular one of all the wines he did make a one to make do even more and we did a couple of years did a select late harvest kirner which now was generally around 40 bricks at harvest and it would be it was done it was a cold soak and mm -hmm. then pressed so we'd gain a little more gain usually about one or two more bricks from that and so it would be up. finished at around 13 to 15% residual sugar Okay. on the dry ribba. The Kerner were usually 18 even, somewhere around there. And pretty good acid still in those grapes? I'm going to say okay, yeah. 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 Every year's different, so. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is super low alcohol. Yes. Which was nice. Generally, yeah, around 11, 12 alcohol. Okay. I wanted to keep it more... German style too, as yeah. far as that. So, what other wines were made under the label? Well, Dornfelder was one of our big ones. Um, the Karen, of course. Um, Bacchus is one we've had. Um, Zweigelt, another red. Austrian um, red. Austrian red. Blaufrankisch. Blau Blaufrankisch. Those are the made ones. Some Gewurztraminer. Yeah. Some Riesling. And then, of course, the German collection, the whole blending, the blended one. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah true. So, so. And, um, and 
Do we share who's buying it now, or is that? <laughs> if you like, you can. You want to yeah. mention some of the wine buyers who are getting the grapes? Craig Harmeyer is getting the German collection, both red and white. <clears throat> um, let's see, Sunsei Winery, the Russian River Valley gets Dornfelder. Locally, Marcus Nigley gets Kerner and a little bit of Bacchus. Adam Sabelli Frisch is getting Riesling. Clinker Brick, did you mention that, is also not, no. getting um, some of our, what used to be our dry Reba, those three great varieties. And they're making one called Forganger, which means predecessor. And um, they're picking at a different time. We used to pick it later. We used to pick it during my break because I'm a teacher. And so the school break was in October. So that's the time I was available <laughs> to help. And that's when we picked the, <laughs> yeah. the dry rave over the two weeks. We picked one grape one day, another grape, and, and another grape. And then the next week was pressing. Am I remembering that correctly? I think so. That was mm -hmm. the dry rave, of course. And so, yeah. Uh -huh. and well, just yesterday, you had your kind of annual growers barbecue. How long have you been doing that? First started, I came up with the idea about 2014. Did it for <clears throat> about three, four years. <clears throat> took, took a break, a couple years. I uh, was able to do it again 2019 and then a break again. <laughs> and then last year started up again and then I've done it this year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So trying to keep it, keep it on schedule, but yeah. it sometimes doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's the idea behind it? To get some feedback and get some of the wines tasted in a, in a group setting, kind of compare and contrast and see what different folks are doing with the, with with the grapes? With eight to and, 10 different winemakers each year, and they come in at different times and you know, some, sometimes they don't know who else is here, who else is buying. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of wanted to get an event, something where you get all the winemakers together and they bring their wine and they can, they pour it. We, everyone tries it and they talk about, talk about their wine. Their winemaking so. techniques get discussed mm -hmm. um, and different aspects of, of, you know, how, how it works with working with these vines. Yeah, it seemed like mm -hmm. there were some good questions asked between the winemakers. Like, mm -hmm. you know, how long how long did you do a, a cold soak on this, or was it inoculated What's native? The oak or yeah, something yeah, that type yeah. Of thing. How long was it? How long was it aged for? Exactly. Yeah. And some had asked previous winemakers how they did something too. I think I heard a couple of comments. I talked to somebody mm -hmm. about how they did something. Right, I remember mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So. yeah. Ask. So, yeah. Yeah, the property definitely attracts some people that are wanting to do uh, a little more adventurous winemaking techniques. Mm -hmm. A lot of native, quite a bit of the winemakers here are using native yeast, mm -hmm. are doing native yeast. Yeah. But they're also trying all the sorts of different styles and, and ways to make the wines. And I, we enjoy that aspect. It's not just cookie cutter, mass produced wines. These are truly hand-built wines yeah it was really interesting seeing the you see the vineyard signature but then how the different winemakers treat the same grape and some were picking two weeks later than mm -hmm. than others also <laughs> so just the different uh you know they're different styles, styles. and mm -hmm. um, 
just the different personalities coming out in the in the wines I felt. So you have one it's, grape and then two weeks later somebody else picks it and it tastes different, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, some of the reds you had more whole cluster or or less and just different or more carbonic, yes. different <laughs> techniques. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that all plays into it yes. also. So it was fun to see the different uh the different styles and yes. the kind of the winemakers' personalities. Oh yes. <laughs> Let them out. experiment. Yes. Yeah. Play around yeah, it's definitely a um and I'm gonna steal a term from a writer that was just here mm-hmm. recently. This is a very geeky <laughs> vineyard. Mm-hmm. And I think we attract geeks. <laughs> Which is a good thing. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> wine geeks very are positive. wine geeks are fun wines to you know, <laughs> yeah. to enjoy. <laughs> yes. And how, how large is the, the property and how many acres planted to grapes? Property is about 20 acres and probably about 13, 14 planted and plantable. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> plantable, yeah. <laughs> any plans to plant any more of the, the acres or just, kind of tapped just out? Just a few on... more when I can fill out the German collection. Yeah. But that's only a few vines. Yeah, probably not. Not really anything else. We're kind it's, of out of room. Yeah. 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 We're spending more yeah. time right now uh, replacing the misses. Like we've lost some here and there, right? Like okay, we're missing some in this row, so we're trying to get mm-hmm. get those yeah. filled in and um, budding those over to Dornfelder. More Dornfelder. More Dornfelder. The yeah. Dornfelder's popular. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> So otherwise it would be a case of buying property somewhere else yeah. to plant. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> what are the farming practices that you use in the vineyard? Pretty minimal. Um, just spray for mildew, powdery mildew. That's about it. As far as maintenance, I mean mowing yeah. Yeah. when we need to. Um, weed yeah. eating. Yeah. Trying to control the weeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's like not, everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's to, not yeah. A, an organic vineyard, but it is very, very close to being an organic vineyard. Yeah. And someday it may be yeah. an organic vineyard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Do you think any of the German varietals are more difficult to farm in an area like Lodi than in their sort of ancestral home? I guess we do. Probably some issues. I mean, as far as, you know, it does get, get hotter here. Um, but we can... With canopy management, mm-hmm. things like that. It's not, I don't think it's nearly as difficult or hard as some people would think or maybe still believe. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there are challenges. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say there's probably some varieties that, that's, <clears throat> one, that's the beauty of having the German collection. This is an experimental plot. And, and their dad, when he created this, it's it. This is a this is ingenious because this yeah. lets them study or us study what works, what doesn't work. Um, different farming. We could even far, we could change a farming technique on mm-hmm. a varietal in here. It won't affect the blend because mm-hmm. of how many there are. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I don't think any psalm could ever name all fifty-two grapes. <laughs> <laughs> that is a challenge for any masters that want to come try. Yeah. Taste yeah. everyone. A that's challenge. Yeah, we'd love to watch that, but. I, that's the beauty of having that is it lets us play, lets them play with what works. There's grapes up here, like there's one called uh, Sigareba, 
<laughs> um, we'd have to harvest it in June. <laughs> Practically, yes. Because it's ripe. And then the birds eat it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's actually been put into any of the blends any winemakers have made because there's probably nothing left. The, we'd have to net it. Yeah, yeah it's think, ready yeah. by July 4th, basically. Yeah. And yeah. if that's if the, well, mainly it's raccoons. Is it raccoons <laughs> they, they get, too? They'll sit, actually stand on the, the drip hose wire and just, <laughs> and, we'll, and I've seen that. I know, so I, I know that to yeah. be true. That's how they do it. Like, yeah. Well, that's pretty ingenious, but. Yeah. Very ir- irritating too. Yeah. <laughs> also depressing. Depressing. <laughs> yeah. 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 <clears throat> uh, but I think the the thing that's always impressed me is it, it's like the Dornfelder. Um, the Dornfelder here is so not Dornfelder anywhere else in the world. It is so unique. Uh, it looks like darker than, like you said, Petite Raw, yet the mouthfeel is almost Pinot esque. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Super light mouthfeel, beautiful wine on the mouth, beautiful fruit. Uh, it can develop a little bit of tannin, but not a lot. It's a nice balance on the tannin. Uh, that's a grape that just loves this environment that nobody ever thought to plant it here. And that's where I think there were people who you thought her dad was crazy for oh, planting yeah. German grapes. <laughs> oh, we, some, still do. some still do. <laughs> uh, but he was ingenious. To, to plant a lot of Dornfelder because it loves this climate. It's happier here than I think anywhere else in the world. And it's darker than the German Dornfelders we've had, which is incredible. It's even darker than some of the other Dornfelders. There's a few other vineyards in the country and it's darker than most of theirs. <laughs> so, How much Dornfelder do you have planted? About three acres. Okay. About three acres. Yeah, we mm-hmm. just yeah. expanded it. Yeah. Soon say wants it all. <laughs> yeah. They, they, yeah. They want all we can grow, yeah. and you know, who knows? Down in the future, we may have to figure something out if we ever yeah. decide to bring back a label and bring back the McCallumy Glen brand. And yeah. Yeah, well, we may be negotiating. We might because that a would little. be that would be one that we'd want to yeah. produce ourselves. We might be experimenting a little bit ourselves with that. We might. Yeah, we <laughs> might, might be. be. Yeah. A little home wine making going on. So. Yeah. Yeah, ourselves, which we is We just fun. butted one, another varietal over to Dornfelder to expand yeah. the production. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So we'll have a bit more. Yeah. Some more. Because so, yeah. we, we need it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, even if, so, even if we don't do something, uh, we have enough interest. There are enough other wineries that would pick up that fruit in a heartbeat. Yeah, you must have a little bit of a... A waiting list, I imagine, <laughs> for some of these bridles. Pretty, especially pretty for Kerner, actually. Yeah, for okay. Kerner, yeah. Especially that. Yeah. And sometimes things happen very quickly. And, all, and we've had a few unfortunate situations where somebody pulled out pretty last minute. And then, like, we even heard a great story yesterday of um, you calling Randy Caparoso and, okay, who, who do you have? And Craig Harmeyer was right there. Hey, Craig, oh, you want some... Yeah. Want the German collection or something like? Was that it, or was it the Blau Frankish? There's that was the Blau Frankish. Okay, wrong grape, but same idea that, right? Basically offered First it to on, him, yeah, and then took it like that. Because this was like an, like in July. Yeah. You know, like that somebody backed out <clears throat> in July, oh, which is okay. yeah, is is it's getting pretty close. Huh? That, that's oh, yeah. actually really it's mean. Late, yeah. yeah, people people shouldn't do that. Yeah. But luckily, we talked about it. Brett got a hold of Randy. Randy got a hold of Craig. Craig jumped on it. Actually, the same situation occurred with the German collection. Oh. But the first first thing 
first first person I went to was Craig actually, and he okay, okay yeah. Twenty two yeah. minutes is when he responded. <laughs> yeah. Twenty two yeah. minutes so by email. We did yeah. that too. Yeah, happened there. That too, was pretty quick. So. <laughs> so yeah, there's a waiting list. Yes, and but they're desired fruit. We yeah. even had a buyer's uh, luncheon several years ago where two different buyers of the canner were here, and one happened to mention perhaps giving up a row, and the other person heard it, said, I'm going to call my boss, and they were literally on the phone. <laughs> Say, yes, 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 take we'll it. take we'll the row. They're yeah. giving up Grabbing a row. We'll Grabbing more rows. Grabbing yeah. another row. Great. So. Sadly, that label um, was a victim uh, oh. the pandemic okay and that label went away and it's a it was really disappointing because that wine was beautiful that wine was sold heavily in new york city yeah that was david ramey in fact yeah his, his sidebar oh. sellers his yeah. sidebar and label that, yeah. yeah he it's was no longer yeah. yeah they were the ones that were getting uh, and then they're no longer yeah so at least the sidebar yeah are you able to give me a couple like i guess tasting notes on some of these varietals that people might not have had you know separately like Dornfelder, Kerner, kind of what what people can expect from those those wines. In a general sense, I know they're all they're all going to be a little different, but just some um, maybe Kerner, some of the I traits of you, the I for me I get there's some minerality, but there's also nice like apricot fruit fruit type of thing for me. But what good else? acid. Nice acid. Yeah. Beautiful yeah. acid. It's that. And Not sweet, um, pretty dry. Yeah. Crisp. And then in yeah. some of the latest, later harvest, don't you get cinnamon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, we have something on our table yeah. right now. <laughs> there we go. I don't think we get the cinnamon in the regular harvest, but this late harvest here, I guess we'll all try it. <laughs> yeah. Matt yeah. just tried this. Yeah. And Matt's, let, Matt's over here, like, he's busy right now. So I'll... <laughs> talk and fill some, some, yeah, some space a little bit so we don't have dead air while <laughs> Matt learns about late harvest uh, home winemaking currently from uh, McCollum Glen Vineyards. Wow. That's the 2022, oh, yeah. Brent? 2022. Mm. Uh, picked, uh, I believe, November 20th. So actually the latest <laughs> of the three of these late harvest kernels I've done Actually, ended up being the lowest bricks of all. This one was, I, was right about 41 bricks. That's uh, that's pretty high for the lowest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, when you consider 47 was the highest one. Yeah. Then, uh, but the beauty like, of these wines, and, and part of this is Lodi's soil. Um, Randy has talked with this, Caparoso, is the acid. I mean, mm -hmm. this is a sweet wine, but this has got beautiful acid. Uh, this is really balanced, you know. It's it's. By the way, it goes really well with creme brulee. <laughs> yes. Just saying. Just <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. somebody want to speak to Dornfelder, another or another popular one. Well, again, it's another one of those wines that that has amazing acid and strong fruit. Uh, I love the mouthfeel of the Dornfelder. I just, I think it's a beautiful uh, feeling on the palate. Uh, Fruit-wise, do, do you? Nice dark fruit. Um, for me, plum, some kind of plum. And I always hope to get it, and I usually do, like some blackberry in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, nice, nice, just nice darker fruits. Mm -hmm. 
think what everyone gets. So. so wonderful fruit, but it's not a jam bomb. That's what we're, we don't want. So no, it's wonderful. A lot fruit. of people look at first when they see the color and think, oh, this is going to be some huge alcohol bomb, yeah. oak and all that. And it's like, whoa, no, it's not. It's not at all. <laughs> yeah. It's a very nice, no. nice wine. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it has the one thing with almost all the varietals here is pretty, and the way they're made with the winemakers, pretty, very controlled alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have any alcohol bombs coming from the property. You know, 14% would be high. Yeah. Most are 13 yeah. and under. Generally, the people that are buying go for a lower alcohol um, type of wine. Often so, and one, retaining more acidity that retaining way. Retaining acidity, yeah, crisp. Yeah, freshness. Um, mm-hmm. And some very interesting blends. Yeah. Some great wine, we think. <laughs> I know we're a little biased. <laughs> and but then there's Weigelt. Is one that uh, I because I personally love Zweigelt and the fruit here, what it produces is beautiful. We've had some older bottles that their dad made, uh, found some of those that were and they were still fine, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but even um, the current way this Zweigelt's made, it comes out beautiful, uh, it's great fruit, great acid. It uh, could be harvested a little bit later, get a little more fruit. <laughs> then, uh, you know, Craig Harmeyer's uh, Frankish. That was that was the first time we tasted it yesterday. Yeah. And I was, I'm blown away how good that wine is. Yeah. Yeah, that was it's great. Phenomenally great well made. Of it, I thought. He was telling us how great it was. So I'm, oh, I'm looking forward to trying it. When <laughs> yeah. <it's over>. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be here, right? Yeah. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll make it. Bring, yeah, yeah. I'll bring it. Yeah. So. I had tasted it when I recorded with them three months ago or so, and it was it was even better better yesterday. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, mm-hmm. I, oh, it's... I tasted it out of tank when it was it was just aging, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was it was great yesterday, and that was great before too. But it really <laughs> kind of like found it. It seemed to really find its spot yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. No, he only when did he bottle it? He said he didn't bottle it too long ago. I mean, it was still in. It was still in tank when I was there in February or yeah or so. so. And that's that's a twenty two, yeah, <laughs> red wine Incredible. that does not taste like a like it's fresh. Yeah, it, it it's and the fruit on it. I, I just couldn't get over how great the fruit was. <laughs> and then his label Blau Blau, which is blue blue in German. <laughs> and I found out he speaks some German, so that that worked out well. <laughs> that was cute. Yeah, since I might speak a little bit of German too. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Do you make your way back to Germany on a regular basis? Well, all? I am. I am again. Um, okay. When I I'm te- uh, teach German at Lodi High, taught it for many years, and I took over the GAP exchange program. That's our exchange program with the school in Germany. And it went on for, well, it was started before me, and then I continued it for about 10 years. And then for a while, German went away, so I didn't do the program. Um, and then it's brought back a few years ago, right before the pandemic, and somehow, miraculously, it's still going. So we started up the GAP program again with our same partner school, the same one from before. So I will be going back in June, taking some students and other teachers going along. It's been actually a few years now, um, so it'll be good to refresh my German since that's why I was in Germany in the first place. That was my major, Mm -hmm. and my dad was visiting me. And at the first, when I first went, they just said, here's the city you're going to. But luckily, it turned out really well because it's in the Rhineland near the, a lot of great wine-growing regions in Germany. 
Yeah. So anyway, and I jokingly say, wow, if I'd been sent to Iceland, we wouldn't be doing German wines. <laughs> It'd be ice wines. Then, ice, huh? well, oh, yeah, <laughs> ice wine. Yeah, well, maybe not. But anyway, so yeah, still love them. And I'm hoping to try a few again when I'm over there. So it's just there's so, such great wines over there. And a lot of the really good ones, I just don't feel make it their way over here. They consume them over there, mm. I think. I mean, some make it over here. So well, we're trying to yeah. make our own, right? Yeah. Well, you, maybe we'll you could take some bottles and, and trade with them or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've always thought mm. it would be fun to someday, if we do resurrect the label, to at least try to sell one wine <laughs> in Germany. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe nowhere else. Just focus and, and see if we could get one distributed into Germany. I think mm -hmm. it'd be fun. And I would probably aim for the Dornfelder. Yes. Since they can't do that. <laughs> Their fruit won't do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think well, it would be um, I think it'd be a lot of fun. My uh, brother-in-law's uh, from Germany as well. His parents have been to the vineyard, and they love the vineyard. And they, they are in agreement that, yeah, the Dornfelder would probably be fun in Germany. Yeah, something that, yeah, from there, but a, a style that they can't do. Their fruit won't produce it. And who knows, maybe when I'm retired, I'll take tours over there to Germany, right? <laughs> I'd love to do something like that along the Rhine yeah. and take people on. Oh, that would be horrible. You can do yeah. like the uh, like, uh, Bokish, they do the oh, Spanish yes. tours, right? Oh, believe can... me, I'm quite aware of that. I just thought yep. somebody <laughs> could do, yeah. Yeah, they depart in a week and a half. Yep. So, yeah, that would For be awesome. Spain. For Spain, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we have a nice little international border. We have the German varieties on one side of the road and the Spanish on the other. So. <laughs> well, and then actually to the east of us, uh, almost all the fruit right to the east of us is all Albarino. Mm -hmm. So more, oh, of, more okay. of Spain. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, most of that Albarino is for <clears throat> Klinkerbreck. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we're, we're definitely our own little uh, yeah. European little corner of <laughs> Lodi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, transcontinental. Uh, yes. Yeah, little area, mm -hmm. and I was gonna say, I, I think that this vineyard might have more photos than any other vineyard in the Lodi <laughs> book that Randy did because yes. of all the grape varietals. There's <laughs> there's awesome photos of of uh, so many of the, the the different grapes in in the book uh, towards the back of it. <laughs> that was awesome that he did that. That somebody <laughs> you know went ahead and. Oh, it is. And, and they're beautiful photos. Yeah. The photos he yeah. did of the fruit was incredible. It's just so cool. You can see how different all the clusters look of, of these grapes. Some which, it's tough to know what they look like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have no idea. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and it's amazing, you know, within the German varietals, uh, how different the grapes are. Uh, how they hang completely different. Dornfelder hangs like, uh, like a, a tall, sexy grape model. <laughs> like pick me, I'm beautiful. <laughs> Where then you have Gewürztraminer that tries to wrap itself around the cane and, and won't it, let you and pick won't, it. Doesn't want to let go. Okay. Yeah. And the stem is about a quarter inch long. I think. Yeah, <laughs> it's the hardest to pick, and Dornfelder just presents itself. And we found the deer love those two the best too. Oh yeah, man. The, the yeah. deer. We have a few deer around here, <laughs> helping themselves to the grapes. The Dornfelder, they and, yeah, they like okay. Oh, yeah. And the and the Gewürztraminer. And, and the Gewürztraminer. Okay. Yeah, since the fires up in the foothills, the deer population has gone way up. Has it? Okay. We've talked with some other local growers, and we think it, it was the fires just pushed the herds down. The herds came down here and all of a sudden went, hmm, 
this is pretty tasty. Yeah. This is a buffet down here. Yeah. We think we'll stay. We have one herd that's been pretty regular the last few months. It's about eight deer. Eight. We've okay. seen eight at once. Two bucks. Uh, yeah. One four point and one five point. So, wow. yeah. Which, of course, has us concerned because the deer have predators. Yeah. And uh, generally are mountain lions. So we have a lot of bobcats, but. Do you? Okay. Yeah, we're keeping an eye out. Mm-hmm. For the mountain lions, we got to keep an eye on that. <laughs> yeah. Next our neighbor's yeah. a hunter, so he has cameras all over his property, <laughs> not for hunting, but for tracking <laughs> and keeping an eye. And he has seen a mountain lion on his property. <laughs> has he? Okay. Wow. And lots of bobcats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a pretty good place for a deer to deer to live. Except for the mountain lions, I guess. Well, what are the long-term plans for the vineyard? Well, you keep making, keep, keep growing grapes. Doing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, try to uh, maybe uh, improve and simplify some of the farming techniques with the labor issues that are coming up. We've got to come up with some ways that we can better manage parts of the vineyard. We're, we're working on some mowing solutions because grass has no problem at all growing here, <laughs> and you know we don't spray anything, so the grasses are here. And uh, so we're trying to find a good mowing solution that will actually mow the vine row, not just the alley between the rows. In row, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that'll help. It'll help keep the weeds down, too, if we can mow them. At least mm-hmm. cut them off. Yeah. Well, we've also had um, irrigation issues, too, because um, we wish we had asked our dad more questions in one area, and that's where all the pipes were, the underground pipes. So when we had a okay. big tree go down over here, uh, that almost smashed a porta potty. It um, also ripped up our <laughs> irrigation. So we've been uh, out here. Literally, Phil's been on, you know, uh, heavy, heavy, equipment. heavy equipment. We had to because we had to locate the line. Yeah. And, and cap the line, and that's why up behind us there's that hole. We yeah. finally found the line and we capped it. But the vineyard is is fine. The vineyard will be irrigated. Yeah. Um, we want to better manage the water transfer and movement yeah. around the vineyard and then um and eventually we'll work on our landscaping yeah and modify and actually maybe uh upgrade our landscaping yeah. irrigation and even this woodland area right around us we'd like to clean it up a bit more there's stuff that we need to do that it's just it hasn't happened in recent times hasn't so mm-hmm. yeah we have get on, get on top of things we have a lot of wild <laughs> like along the river banks there's actually a lot of uh, wild grapes. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, and we can take Very you and show you some of the wild grapes. Yeah, I can, yeah. I can actually see some vines, but yeah. they'll climb the trees and strangle the trees. Okay. So yeah. We, yeah. we've talked about trying to manage that and uh, keep the trees back from the vineyard because they would want to. They only encroach towards the vineyard yeah. along the river. Well, years ago in the '70s, our dad was very curious about those wild ones and he took two or three of those and actually tried to grow them domesticate them <laughs> but i think the acid was so high he couldn't do much with them isn't that funny the acid was so high i remember that yeah that was a lot of it i don't there just wasn't as much character to them also yeah. i think mm-hmm. what am i from what i remember but they were and they would grow like wild vines so yeah, yeah. <laughs> Old habits die, don't die. <laughs> That's part of his experimental um, side. That was way before the German. Yeah, he would like, oh, let's see if we could do something with those. And it didn't really work. So the stayed with more of the um, 
Vetus vinifera, right? Yeah. The European <laughs> varieties so that, yeah. There is a winery in um, Sonoma, North American Press, that oh. he's doing things with uh, wild oh, no oh. Kidding. wild grapes and then um, like non, non-vitis vinifera mm-hmm. now. But, um, but I think he started with... With wild grapes, from, yeah, like the same same thing, but up up in Sonoma, basically, yeah. wild grapes growing along the interesting yeah. along the Russian River type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. foraged from the the Russian yeah. River, but I think they did domesticate some of them yeah. also, yeah. planting, uh, putting some in the ground and trying to grow them, not quite as wild. Yeah, not quite <laughs> as wild. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> one of the things we're having to work with is this is an older vineyard, and we're having to go through it's like the the when we had this irrigation issue you know we we realized we have three different irrigation systems running through the vineyards <laughs> because okay. of different ways the vineyards were um, watered over the years so we're trying we're gonna we, we need to get a good grasp on exactly how all of it's managed where is it mm-hmm. um, we're, we're trying to do a better job of getting it all mapped that's a big project for the next couple yeah. of years Plenty, plenty of projects in the in the future, and keep this going. And I know it's nice to have this right now we, that we have this. But I think overall, it'd be nice if some of the these varieties would spread, because um, we're showing they can be grown in California. So maybe some other people, mm-hmm. you know, would be interested at some point down the road. You know, that we don't want them to go away someday. We'd like them to continue. Yeah. So, yeah. And there's some other people oh. in the Lodi area that are trying other varieties other than the standard regular varieties everyone mm-hmm. plants. So, yeah. Yeah, it seems like you can grow uh, grow a pretty wide range of grapes in, <clears throat> in Lodi. Yeah. And it seems like you and your father did a lot of the hard work, which is sourcing <laughs> a lot of these yeah. from, the, from the different uh, the yeah. different nurseries and, like you said, oh, yeah, FPS yeah. and everything, <laughs> yeah. like tracking them, tracking them down and getting them all in one place. Yeah. So the time to visit us is right before harvest, especially the German collection. You walk through it and you can see the different vines, the different leaves, different sizes, colors, the -hmm. grapes. About August 1st, I usually tell people. It's usually not too long after that that it gets harvested. Yeah. Yeah. So So there's that. But if you want to look in right then, you you can see everything. Come by and and come and (laughs) see them. Yeah. Yeah. Are any of those grapes particularly late ripening? Doesn't Bacchus kind of come late, Brett? Bacchus is is late, is mm-hmm. a late one. Uh, let's see. Dornfelder's kind of on the late side too. Okay. Yeah, it can be. Huh? They get the in the German collection. They of course get all picked at the same time, yeah. early and all that. But yeah. overall, could because we have commercial production. Bacchus, yeah, that's a late one. It, okay. In cooler years, it maybe doesn't get above 20 bricks. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the interesting thing with the German collection is uh, where the bricks are. So, you know, you could be harvesting the first, the second week of August, and you could have grapes that are at 12 bricks and grapes that are at 30 plus bricks. Mm-hmm. And it runs the gamut through there, and some of those, I mean, like you said, I know the Bacchus is really late, and the Dornfelder runs later. But I think there's even a couple others that might even would barely even ripen. 
which makes that field blend pretty awesome. Yeah. Because it's got a little bit of everything. Yeah. Acid-wise and up through the sweetness. Yeah, so you end up with something nice and balanced every year, I imagine. It has been. As Matt Rourke, I think, said in the past that there's not one voice singing, it's the whole choir. Yeah. Nothing nothing shows out more than anything else. It's a... Yeah, it seems like with the way you have it planted where it's more or less the same, they'll all yield differently, of course, but Mm -hmm. like you said, like seven vines of of each, I imagine Mm -hmm. there's nothing to really jump out and and be at the forefront. And I'm usually at school teaching, so I don't see it, (laughs) but when it's picked, I guess the bins must just be totally, completely colorful, right? Oh, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost everything from what would, in some cases, almost look like a second growth, all the way up through something that might look like a raisin. Yeah. Yeah. All in one bin. It's pretty cool. Because a good number of these are are white, but they're they're pink skin, so they look mm-hmm. like a birch terminer even. And then yeah. you have the, the reds and every and, and whites that are look a little different and everything. So it's it's a yeah, it's a rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think Craig said he's going to call it Gemischter Zotz again, like Matt Rorick of Forlorn Hope Wines used to call it, which is yeah, an Austrian so. term, you know, mixed. Well, mixed. a Zotz is a sentence, but it's like a mixed blend basically. Mixed sets and or some set, type of yeah. Thing or, yeah. Oh yeah, we have a few here. <laughs> yeah, we we don't know for certain, but we do know it's one of the largest collections in the Americas. Um, some people think it might be the largest, but you know we don't know officially. Yeah. Um, I do know we have more German and Austrian grapes in total than uh, UC Davis does because we asked that a couple months ago on oh, a wow. tour. Oh, we did. Yes, I did. Yes, you, we did. <laughs> yeah. We did, and uh, <laughs> so that was pretty interesting to learn. So we probably have some grapes they don't have. <laughs> yeah, this is true. I mean, yeah. Are there any more that you know of that you've been trying to get? Oh, there's something like I think I came across about ten. I looked up. Uh, I don't have that list with me now. I've forgotten. Yeah. Uh, I've been trying to work with a uh, someone through Sunridge Nursery. I think. I gave him the list, and that was a few months ago, but I haven't heard from him, so. (laughs) We have room for at least, what, another nine, nine to 12, if we add row row zero, too? With that, it's seven or nine or something about that. Doing three different bridles per row type of thing. The goal will be to max out. The, yeah. no, the, the room we yeah. have for this. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And if this up yeah. too. <laughs> and if for no other reason, it's because, well, we, we can. We can. Yeah. <laughs> if we can find it. It's too cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's geeky. You know, it's that wine geek thing. Yeah. Super unique. I mean, one, just have a field blend of like 52 varietals. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then all, all German, Austrian. Mm-hmm. It's even, even cooler. There was one called DeCapo that our dad heard from a nursery, one of the nursery, a nursery owner who we were, used to work with in the past. He had, he had told our father that on the color scale, Dornfelder's a one, DeCapo was a 10. Oh my gosh. We, oh. That, that's, 
that's okay. We got to get this, <laughs> um, but it's been real difficult yeah. to okay. find it to get it. So that would be one that would be very interesting to to see if it holds up to to what they say the reputation it has. Apparently, yeah, that would yeah. be awesome because Dornfelder literally does stain the concrete <laughs> when you're in crush. Okay, uh, there's been wineries <clears throat> that have purchased it in the past that have commented about see that. That's our Dornfelder from last year. <laughs> That's the stain on the concrete that won't go away. Uh, we always warn people wearing anything light-colored or even something dark. <laughs> it will stain yeah. your clothing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it stains your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> it even stains the glass. That I've always uh, enjoyed sharing with people when you swirl it and you look at the glass. Yeah. Fingers don't matter on glass. What matters <laughs> is that big stain mark. Yeah. <laughs> they ask, will my spoon stand up in this glass? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's what's amazing. Uh, it might. <laughs> Only by the color, not by the yeah. body. Yeah. Yeah, that was one thing that struck me on a couple of those yesterday. I mean, like the color, but then, yeah, the body is it's like light to medium body, fresh. It's not heavy wine, just a very opaque you know, it's like wines like this Weigelt. Um, I'd love to have that slightly chilled. I think that would come off really nice, slightly yeah. chilled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Not cold, just chilled. Just chilled. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Way back when our family was getting into this, and we, it was a great family adventure. We were, you know, trying all these German varieties out. And um, and then we made our own wine for a while, and but f we felt like we were the first people trying to even sell the German wines, and that was that was really tough. My mom and I especially would go out a lot, and just trying to, oh yeah, we have German wines, and oh I've heard of Riesling, and then we'd tell these other type, but tell about these other type, and there was people that just didn't even want to hear about it, or there was people that oh that sounds interesting, so. Yeah, there'd be some. We have Dornfelder. Oh, is that a Zinfandel? No, it's Dornfelder. No, it's Dornfelder. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, that type of thing. Yeah. That. Or the people that just come up and say, give me a Zin. Or they, they wouldn't even really look at what you had. They would just say, Well, they would look, at, and then some would look at the list, what would even list what was what yeah. we were pouring. Yeah. Uh, I'll take a Zinfandel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Do you see Zinfandel? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was fun. We met some great people then. And so it's really good that we're continuing on in, in a second life here. Um, our parents passed have passed away over the last few years. And that was a very tough time. And taking over the vineyard, um, been a lot of work. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we all feel good about continuing the idea. And I think I know they'd be very proud of us trying and to move on. I think it's the time. Her, her dad was a visionary, I mean, to even plant this. And when they started making these German wines, that's, this was at a time when in the, the wine world, that was that was unheard of. You know, you, you, you only had Chard, Merlot, Cab, maybe Zinn, uh, maybe Sauvignon Blanc or Fume Blanc. You know, I mean, Pinot Gris was just even being thought about as a as a varietal and here they are with these amazing german wines i think the wine culture today is much more open yes uh the younger generations are more receptive to more unique edgy different wines and i think this is a better time to be attempting this again mm -hmm. yeah. in honor of their parents yeah so 
This is a lot of hard work, but we're trying to we're keep keep keeping the dream we, we alive. We kind of paved the way for ourselves, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so. I mean, what Bob and Mary Lou built is so worthy of building upon. Mm-hmm. And and I'd really love to see this go to the next level in the wine world. And we're very lucky that my husband Phil here has totally bought into it because there. <laughs> I mean, there's you didn't have to, but yeah. you you're helping us out so much and we're just doing we're looking at new things and new ways to do things too yeah. so I, I lucked out probably about a year or two before i met Anne marie i happen i have a friend who's a, a master psalm and she had just worked on a, bringing in some wines from small lots from germany i actually knew most most of the grapes they grew and I think and Marie was kind of surprised. I'm like, yeah, because most people have don't heard of them. <laughs> yeah, we grow this, this, and this, and you were like, oh, I've actually heard them. Like, wow, yeah. cool. Yeah. So, anyway, that really helps yeah. too. <laughs> we're all on the same page here, working, working together. Well, and they make these grapes can make stellar wines. <laughs> they can make. I mean, we do have one producer or one buyer who does have uh, their wine in the French Laundry. I mean, it's it's doable. We can yeah. get, mm-hmm. we could help grow this culture and <laughs> help it grow and uh, introduce it to more and more people. Yeah. Thank you, Matt, for this opportunity. Yeah, thank you. Oh, okay, thank Matt. you. Thank you. Any of you want to name all 50 grapes? 52, you mean? 50. <laughs> any of you want to name all any 52 grapes? <laughs> Do you really want me to? Yeah. Okay. I want to hear it. Okay. Okay. Spätburgunder, Siegerebe, Rieslaner, Schoenberger, Arnsberger, Blauer Portugieser, Traminer, Silvaner, Rotterfeldliner, Bacchus, Rotberger, Müller-Turgau, Kerner, Grunerfeldliner, Gewürztraminer, Blaufränkisch, Faber, Trollinger, Oranienstein,er Würzer, St. Laurent, Ruländer, Dornfelder, Perla, Gutedel, Noblesse, Forta, Frubegunder, Optima, Zweigelt, Regent, Ehrenfelser, Scheurebe, Sirius, Huxelrebe, Albelange, Schwarzriesling, Morio Muscat, Kanzler, Riesling 90, Riesling 110, Riesling 90, Riesling 110. Riesling 198, Weisserburgunder, Riesling 239, Riesling 49, Rotgipfler, Affenthaler, Reuschling, Riesling Martini 510, Clone, these are the clones, Riesling 356, Clone, Riesling 21B, another clone, Principal, Phoenix, Ortega, Rondo, Gelber, Muscateller, Dunkelfelder, Domina, and Cabernet d'Orsa. <laughs> yes. Sehr gut. Sehr gut. Right. Now you know why we had the German lady. <laughs> yeah. The German teacher. I couldn't, speak, speak. Yeah. I couldn't have pronounced any of those. Yeah. Well, I can pronounce Dornfelder. You Dornfelder, yeah. So, yeah. And so there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. Out of curiosity, Matt, do you yeah. know what Spätbegunder is? That's uh, Pinot. Yes. Pinot Noir. Yes. I know that one. Uh, so yeah, some of these other ones I heard yeah. for the first time. I picked an, today, though, I picked but... an easier one for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> What's one of the other ones that uh, that has a a French name or an American name? 
well, Runelander is Pinot Gris, Pinot Grigio. Yeah, yeah. that's right, yeah. Mm. Weisser Burgunder is Pinot Blanc. And that's funny, um, you said that Fruburgunder, right? Is that what you mentioned? The Spätburgunder. No, I said Spätburgunder. Yeah. Because um, of the Pinot Noir. So when our dad was parents, our parents were trying to get the labels okayed with the state, most of them were unknown, so we got to put the German variety on when we were in Macaulay Glen Vineyards. But when it came to the Spätburgunder, um, we had to, had to list it. It's Pinot Noir. We had to call it Pinot Noir. Okay. We couldn't. We wanted the German name, but they wouldn't let us. <laughs> but you so. were able to get most of the varietals approved for yeah for a label because they didn't have them. We well, were the, the first problem. Well, the yeah. ones that they did commercially. Yeah, commercial yeah. at least. Yeah. Yeah. So they did at one time. There were three rows of uh, Spätburgunder. I think at least that. At least, at least yeah. That. Okay. Yeah, and we. It was finally decided that it, it grew okay, but it's that Pinot and Lodi thing that just, it, it, the Riesling and where they're located, because they're over here against the west side, they're kind of shaded by the afternoon sun. Yeah. That the uh, the Riesling actually does, well, you've had, or Adam Sabelli Frisch's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. His, yeah. his Riesling. No, does And great. that clone 90 that, that he gets, that actually happens to be a kind of a, a slower Riesling, slower varietal ripening too. Okay. So a little bit on the slower side. Okay. Is the Riesling block all planted to that 90? Or? Clone 90, yes. Okay. Yeah. So if we had lots more property, we could do a whole bunch of clones <laughs> of Riesling. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Thanks for listening today. Alder Yarrow was right when he called this California's geekiest vineyard. And his article is one to check out if you haven't read it. You can also find a lot more info and photos in Randy Caparoso's book, Lodi, including photos of many of the German collection's grapes. You can follow McCollum Glen Vineyards on Instagram or look out for the wines from Harmeyer, Marcus, Trailmarker, Sibeli Frisch, and more. It's great to see a family working together to not just maintain a vineyard, but keep the founder's legacy alive by continuing to improve it. You can subscribe and rate the podcast on wherever you're listening today. And follow the podcast at Indie Wine Podcast on Instagram or email IndieWinePodcast at gmail.com with questions or feedback. Really appreciate you telling your wine friends about the podcast if you're enjoying it also. We'll be back soon with a new episode for you to check out. Have a good one. But again, what'd you say, Brett? August 1st is a great time to come by. I usually you... say that That's because yeah. that's when everything, you know, they're colored up. And so you can see the difference between reds and whites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And usually not too long after that, it gets harvested. So <laughs> I just use that as the, the benchmark. So this now would be Kerner, even though you can't really read it too well. Okay. But this will be Kerner from here down. But um, yeah, later on you can see the leaves looking different. I remember there's one over there. It almost has a, almost a bluish, almost a, more of a bluish leaf. Over there, I don't remember which one it was. Maybe it's the Sirius. I'm not sure, but I noticed it. Yeah, I think that may be. I think it is the Sirius. It's got almost yeah. a blue, a little more hmm. blue. Okay. So I don't know if you can see right now what we can try. And Brett, do you remember where some of these names came from? Um, some of them are very German, like Gelber Muscateller, but Sirius sounds more like a satellite. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> or Siri. I don't know. Yeah. Because there's, I can think of a couple that I've found that I, you know, 
like to source, but I don't know how. One's called Solaris, okay. and one's and another one's called Monarch. You know, so I don't oh, know. cool. So I don't know how they got that. But. Well, maybe not blue, but doesn't this look grape look different? Look at the leaves. Oh yeah. Well, the the leaves, especially the newer ones, get this just really cottony white color on them. And you know what? I was wrong. It's that's actually the Schwarz Riesling, what they call black Riesling. Thirteen. Okay. Thirteen. It okay. Adds, but but yeah. see how you can right t now tell, it's a definitely a different leaf. So. Yeah, you can totally see where it ends. Yeah. Down there also. And then look at the next one. The green is even a different little green. So, <laughs> yeah. and that's just the leaves. Yeah. Of course, when the grapes come out, then it's really cool. With all the different and of course yeah like you mentioned earlier they're in Randy Caparoso's book Lodi <laughs> and he took a lot of pictures out here from the collection so <clears throat> yeah and these are but these are actually butted over right but these were Zinfandel a long time ago I think mm-hmm yeah, yeah. This is you can nice down here tell actually. the lower yeah. <laughs> yeah you see at the bottom it's actually Zinfandel coming yeah. out so we have to of course sucker them and part of the farm work part of it so was most of the uh, Toke and, and Zin butted over, or were those they pulled were out? Removed. They were Taken removed. Out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We do have, if you see right over here, there's that little one. Those are true old vines in from the original Zins that were on the property. And okay. They're, they're pretty old, and we're These actually ones over here just, also, like by the so the uh, ones at the front. Like, those uh, are. Four toke and then some other ones that we do not know what they are anymore. Oh, they're cool. not German collection. They're just ones that no, are parents. A lot of table grapes and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah, stuff that they at one point wanted. Hey, let's have a table grape or a yeah. yeah. So we're gonna try to get that up to speed too. Needs a little work. So yeah, I think one of those I think is a Cayuga. Even yeah, it's very yeah. tasty, almost muscatty, I guess.